Hi, welcome to Kicking Goals with Georgia Perry. I'm your happy host, Georgia. I'm a primary school teacher by day and empowerment leader by night. I love to chat, so I'm sitting down with incredible women to capture their stories. Be present, feel inspired and create change. This is how it goes. I was running my business out of fear, featuring Stephanie Blairs. Today, I'm excited to introduce the beautiful boss lady, Stephanie Blairs, back to the podcast. During the early days of the podcast, I sat down with Steph and asked her the ins and the outs of starting a small business. Today, we'll be diving deeper into what's involved in creating a positive team culture and the strategies that Steph has incorporated to effectively manage her team over 18 years. Steph talks about her burnout period, how she recovered, as well as the change in culture over time. I love walking into Cabello. I feel like it's the perfect mix of high-end fashion, style, equipped with educated staff. I actually ran a workshop with this beautiful crew on team culture, and it was really interesting to see the trend that formed throughout the exercises. Majority of the staff wrote similar things when talking about team culture at Cabello. So credit to you, Steph. The culture you have created is strong and built on education and support. Apologies to everyone for the start of this episode. I did get a new mic and experienced a few technical issues. So the start of this episode doesn't follow my usual structure. But let's get into it. Let's bring in Steph. And firstly, Steph, happy 18th birthday to your beautiful hair yeah, salon. Thank you. Are thank you doing you. anything to celebrate? Ah, uh, no, we're waiting for the big 20. Big 20, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of after 18 years, it's like another year. But I mean, obviously, yeah, it's a nice day to sort of reflect how far you've come. And yeah, no, but, but um, yeah, everything's so going great. And so I've got big plans for our 20th. <laughs> awesome. I, I'll stay tuned for that. <clears throat> so um, on the podcast, I always love to ask everyone, who are you inspired by? It'd be really interesting to see if... Um, it's similar to last time or if you've got um, different people in your circle or how that will work yeah I think um generally for myself like I'm really inspired by my team um I think I've probably said this before I'm really self-motivated so I don't actually sort of I mean things inspire you in life but I don't need to be inspired I'm pretty self-motivated um And I've got this real passion to evolve all the time. But there's heaps of like, you know, many rock stars in the industry that obviously you take things from. But I think with um, inspiration, you know, I have probably different people for different parts of my life. But I think a lot of the... a lot of what drives you is when you've got a family, you know, I've got this real thing that I want to leave like a really good like legacy that my kids are proud of. And that's probably where I'm really sick and a bit emotional. <laughs> that's where I'm really driven. Like I really just, you just want everyone to be proud. Yeah. And I can see that, you know, today, um, your beautiful daughter, you're telling me a story about how <laughs> she could quite easily stay home on the weekends, but she chooses every Saturday to yeah, come to the salon. She does. And I just thought that was, yeah, so beautiful. Mm, oh, yeah. Awesome. And do you have any businesses that you aspire, um, or you're inspired by, I guess? Yeah, I I know I have a lot of, like, beautiful friends that have some very successful businesses. Um, 
I don't think that my business is inspired by anyone in particular. Like I really like to to focus on my own own business, which is really sort of part of the growth of Cabello. Like I was really just focus on your own grass and stop letting other things bother you um, or, or whether they inspire you or whether they like start to like, oh, I wish we were doing that or, you know, things like that. But as for aspiring to... Um, I've got, yeah, lots of beautiful ladies that have um, some very successful businesses. So I get to have lots of great chats with them and, you know, they lift you up. Um, in particular, um, like Jenny from DDs, I have really beautiful chats with her about business and I think she's um, quite an inspiration the way she's had her business for like 40 years um, and the way she's evolved that business dynamic over the years, I find that quite inspiring because it's somewhere I would aspire to be, like she's taken her business to another level. So that sort of thing, I really get inspired by that and how did you do that and, you know, should yeah. I do something like that? You know, not necessarily I don't do, we don't do fashion, but just how she, where she's grown her business. And I guess for me, I like chatting to real people that have real issues. I'm not really one that gets involved in thing people that I don't know about. I, lo yeah. I love talking to people that are real. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that. That's beautiful. And yeah, I mean, I've known your brand now for about two, two and a half years and it's constantly changing and constantly evolving, which I love. And I yeah. think that... Um, Customers really appreciate that because it's always fresh yeah. every time you walk through that door. And I think essentially, I think I definitely said this before because it's one of my many beliefs, it's like we're part of a fashion industry, so fashion evolves, we need to evolve. Like that. that's sort of like I just think How that's part works. of, yeah, yeah, and it's part of staying on top of your game. Yeah, so for those who are new to the podcast, can you tell us how you found hair? Yeah, so <laughs> I was 14 um, and... I used to have really crazy haircuts. <laughs> like back in the day, I was like, I'll be like Dolores from the Cranberries and I'll cut my hair super short and bleach it. And I was like 14. But anyway, I used to go to this particular salon um, every, I don't know, however often and get my hair done. And they just asked me, oh, do you want to work here on Saturdays and Thursday nights? And I'd actually never, never thought I would be a hairdresser. I thought I'd be an English teacher. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> Anyway, so um, yeah, so I, I started working there and then I just loved it. And so I actually um, just, it just evolved from there basically. And the funniest thing is um, this year I actually went back to that little salon. It's not the same owners, but I actually got to do one of my education workshops in that salon. That's cool. And it was, That's it was so very cool. cool. It was yeah. a really cool moment. Um, yeah. I actually had a similar moment um, in teaching. I, I have a beautiful year two class. And one of my teachers who taught me in year two in the same room walked past and said oh. she heard my voice. So she popped in and it was just, it was so weird. So that was my yeah. year two class in the same room and she was now seeing me teach. So, oh, that would be really yeah. amazing. Yeah. It was so cool. So uh, what types of cultures were you a part of when you started out in hair? Yeah, I think... I think back then salons didn't really have a lot of culture. Like people came in to get their hair done and it wasn't the same as it is now. Like now yeah. it's about experience and people yeah. want experiences. Um, but back then, you know, like you would just run off your feet, just pumping out hair all day long. If it was a good, busy salon. I mean, there was a great vibe and like don't get me wrong, we all still loved hair. Um, but I don't think it was the same because you didn't have that social aspect that we have now where there's so it's so media driven that you can really create a really big culture. Yeah. But yeah. um some of the salons that I I worked in, it 
I think back then it was the boss was the boss and you were shit scared of the boss and you came to work every day and you worked your butt off and you just did what you were told. It's yeah. an, And I think almost in quite a domineering way. It's not the same as like leading a team now. Yeah. I think... I just think that's just how society has changed and obviously how we have to change um, also, you know, as as business owners and just how the younger generation is today. So I think that's that's really different. I mean, I did get to work with some really beautiful people, like one girl um, who really believed in me. She really taught me a lot about hair cutting and I suppose that's where my passion came from for hair cutting. Um, Her name was Lavana and... You know how you just don't forget people? And yeah. she was just so good at cutting. And I was like, oh, I just want to cut hair like her. Yeah. And she really took me under her wing. And that's sort of where we started or where my passion started. Because before that, we actually didn't get a lot of training or anything like that. So yeah. it, it was just a different environment to what salons are like today, I feel. Yeah. And I love that you're now going into other salons and sharing your knowledge and yeah. showing people, um, you know, the cutting techniques, the styles, everything like that, and sharing your knowledge with other business owners too. I think that that's really special as well. Yeah, that's been, that has been a really important part of like probably my own personal growth as well because I honestly did go through a time where I didn't want to share my skill set. I had that fear that if I showed them, they might be better than me. Yeah, Whereas yeah. what I've learned over the time is all the – the greatest leaders, they share everything. Yeah. They yeah. might keep a little bit to themselves, but they share everything and that's yeah. what makes them the leader. Yeah. Yeah. So special. So when did you decide to turn your skills and passion into your own business? Um, 18 years ago, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was already um, managing another salon um, and <laughs> I was just so headstrong and I thought, oh, I'm doing all this for someone else. I can just do this for myself. Um, Little did I know. (laughs) Um, So it kind of started there. And the salon, like, I just loved hair. And my boss at that time, she was lovely, but she wasn't a hairdresser. And I just think there's a complete difference when you're in a trade where that's your passion and your, you know, you've got your heart and yeah. I just think there's a real difference to the to the passion that goes into it and I think that um for me I I just I love hair like I love creating hair and I just wanted to have I wanted to create a culture like that where and where the whole sound loved hair and so at that time there wasn't really anything like that in Mandarin so it was like I'm just going to go and do this even though I have no idea about running a business um <laughs> Which, yeah, but but I knew I could do hair and I was just really lucky that, like, it sounds very cliche, but I I just could do hair. Like, I didn't, it just come to me. Came naturally. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. very naturally. Like, like, a lot of times people say, oh, where do you get inspiration from? I actually, I couldn't actually, like, you get inspiration from lots of things and I'm not saying I don't, I do look around and I look at lots of stuff, but then my mind just goes boom, 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 I'm going to yeah. do this. And, yeah. and it just comes to me like I, I think that I'm probably really lucky you know how like when they say like find your gift yeah I, I don't even know how mine just came to came me to yeah, yeah and I yeah. And, and the same as I just landed in hairdressing I wasn't really looking to be a hairdresser yeah 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 so I think um just like that and yeah so I just went off and did it and 
yeah, <laughs> that's where it started. And you spoke about at the start running your business out of fear. What were your fear factors? What was sort of scaring you? Well, I think what if I went if I go into a bit of the story, what sort of happened was is I opened this business and literally like it just like hit the ground running. It was flat out straight away and um I guess because I didn't have a clue how to run a business, I knew I could do good hair. So what started happening is I just started taking on every single person and I had all this team working with me um, and, and they were really good as well, don't get me wrong, but I probably had a bit of a control freak thing where I had to like, you know, I need to be over there, 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 everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And, you need to oversee um, everything. Yeah, and um, yeah, and basically... Um, I just started getting, I, it got so big so fast and I had this real um, fear of failure. So I literally would just keep working and working and working so no one could beat me. You know, I could have told you what every single salon in town was doing. I was going into everything, you know, like I yeah. I just had to stay on top. And I was, in what was happening, instead of focusing on me or my business, I was just running myself to the ground um, trying to keep up with, with pretty much everything going on in the business. And I suppose, yeah, fear of um, staff going to other salons, taking clients, um, fear of my business not being presumed like one of the one of the sort of um top salons in mandra um yeah just so many fears of fa- of failure and yeah, um yeah. i suppose um because i didn't have a backup plan like i literally rushed into getting my business i didn't have a house i mean obviously i, I had a house that i rented but i didn't own a house and i didn't have money behind me so like basically what i had to do was just keep working and working because if this wasn't getting the money coming in that week there was not there was no backup yeah yeah so it was just it just sort of become like this environment where I just this like circle yeah. just happening yeah. yeah and I had no idea about business so what started happening was money was coming in and it was literally like my fear of failing I was just you know to keep staff, I would give them this and I'd give them that and I'd, anything to keep people happy. And um, the same as with, um, say, for example, like, you know, if something new is coming out, I had to have it because yeah. I thought all those things were going to make me the best or, you know, in my head, the best. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so what it just become this materialistic thing and instead of thinking about where I, I could take it or, knowing a bit more about business like KPIs and things like that like I had no idea about any of that stuff so I was basically running it like a house you know bill comes in pay the bill yeah. the bill comes in pay the bill so I always had that where I was very smart I never got myself into any debt I, yeah. I literally as much as I didn't have anything I had no debt either like I I pay for everything as it yeah. comes but then at the same point I was get going nowhere yeah, even though I had this amazing business because I literally had no idea about business. Yeah. And I got to the point where, um, yeah, just my team, like they were really good, don't get me wrong, but my fear of losing them, I was just giving them too much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because yeah. I had no idea of how much do I actually need them to bring in. I was running on like um, 
what you would call sort of industry averages, you know, things that you've heard over the years or this is how much a seller needs to do. I had no idea what my business needed to make as long as I was paying my, my rent, yeah. my colour bill, blah, 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 all the wages. I had no idea of like, oh, this percentage here, that percentage here, and then I might actually start getting somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And so it just become this whole big thing and that like that insecurity of losing it just made me just, yeah, work, 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 work. And yeah. That, then, Did you yeah. go into a period of burnout? Like how? Yeah, so yeah. That's, what I, that's what basically it led me to. So from me being like that, like I mean literally um, I think – I, I just had that real fear, obviously, that I don't, I think it comes from a, a, almost like a a pride thing is that, you know, even to the other industry people, I could not fail. Like, yeah. so that was never going to happen and that, yeah. that was not an option. But so basically by this stage I then had three kids. <laughs> and um, I was – sorry, can I just stop you there, Steph, because – what you said before about not being able to step away from the business, how did you go? I did it. That's what I'm just about to go into. I literally didn't. So basically, but so now I've got, I've got Yasmin, obviously I always had. Yeah. Um, And then I had um, Estelle and Mac and I had them quite close together. So they're like 17 months apart. And, um, I was so scared to step away from the business that I worked pretty much the whole way up. Like, I mean, literally to the fact that my waters even broke at the salon. Um, yeah, and then wow. I'd be straight back. Obviously, my mum did, res- like, the reception and the coordinating there, so I could bring the baby. Like, yeah, shout know. out to Susie. Yeah, shout out to mum. Yeah, but that fear of, like, the clients having to have someone else for more than one time, they might not be happy, they might not go, they might go somewhere else, all of these fears would come back in so I'd be back straight away working um yeah and when most people most clients are probably thinking oh I wonder how Steph's going with their baby (laughs) they probably were but it also had become to the point where they were becoming quite demanding on me as well because I was having no I had no rules for anybody like everybody just got yes 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 like clients staff Everything. It was like a yes culture where I was the one saying yes to everything. Like yeah. I would stay, God knows what time. If 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 you rang me and you know you had to get in, I would do it. Yeah. You know, and I mean, and I wouldn't even say oh, someone else could do it. I'm sorry, that's all I could do. It would be oh, I can do that. <laughs> I can do everything, and that's what it became like. It was my own fault. Like I allowed this culture to to be, and my staff were busy as well. Don't get me wrong, but it was this real like control freak thing um that I had and and that fear that fear of failure as well um but yeah so yeah I'd be like working cooking teaching classes flitting to Sydney to do another course or whatever I was doing and everything until like and and I thought it was all fine literally until it wasn't like I I literally pretty much went into like severe anxiety at work, like everywhere. Every time, every time you'd rock up to work, or is it just was it just? It literally got to the point where, like, I mean, I to be honest, probably my whole life I've had had anxiety, but I could always, you know, you can keep yourself busy, keep it at bay, or whatever, and things like that. But then it got to the point where basically it had overruled my life, and yeah. I think it's possibly more than the fear of fear of failure was why I kept myself so busy as well because I always had anxiety and I found the busier I was I was so tired I didn't have time for anxiety yeah 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 yeah. and so then um 
it got to the point though where it then became the opposite and then that just overrode me and so you know I'd be doing clients hair and literally about I, I mean they wouldn't know but inside I was literally like my mind would be going 100 mile an hour of all these stupid thoughts of yeah just I just literally would be crying at the drop of a hat um my heart be pounding out of my chest oh, yeah. one little thing that would happen and I'd be like <gasps> you know like it's the end of the world what oh my god you know like and everything would be just literally yeah just just 10 times bigger than it than that it ever was, should be yeah. but it was I think literally when I look back I mean I dealt with it at the time and didn't think much of it but I think I literally was definitely probably like a, a burnout breakdown thing, thing yeah um yeah. And so what, what led you to change? What was sort of like your pivot? Like that obviously was your pivot point, but where did yeah. it go from there? Well, I um, I was really lucky. Um, I had this um, client that sort of I, I would confide in because I've, I've known her since before I was pregnant with Yasmin. Like so literally since I was 18 I've been doing her hair. Yeah. And I was talking to her and she was always a really good sort of guidance um, to me and I, I was quite teary and um, she's like, Steph, you can be the victor or you can be the victim. And I thought, oh, yeah, I'm not a victim. That's not my, my mentality. And so it sort of like made me start thinking I need a plan of attack. How am I going to? What through this? Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, look, it didn't happen overnight. I had to go to... Um, I went to like a psycho psychiatrist. No, psychologist. They're not. Yeah, yeah, psychologist. psychologist. <laughs> yeah, I went to a psychologist, and she sort of explained to me and put it instead of all these crazy thoughts of where where I was thinking oh, I'm there's something wrong with me. <laughs> like why am I like this? Um, she sort of explained it the way the body works, and it started taking it out of being in your own head and actually thinking of your body you know, like how a body actually runs and basically, you know, you've got your, your two sides and when you've literally, you're just constantly in flight or fight mode, you know, yeah. and um, I just literally reached that. And like she said, you actually got yourself so busy and so hectic that your relaxing isn't even like halfway under like the pressure cooker. So then as soon as some, one little thing and boom, you're back out of the pressure cooker. Like, yeah, and I thought yeah. actually made so much sense yeah, to it's me. it's a good way to look at it, isn't it? It was because, you know, like a normal person could sit and relax, but I wasn't having any relaxing time. And so when I thought I was relaxed, I still wasn't really relaxed. And so then one little thing would happen and I'd be like, shh, back off the, the pressure cooker. Like, you know, yeah. and it just got to the point where I literally – pretty much couldn't function like I was functioning to cut work to, cut to work to work because because yeah, I had to, to work because yeah. <laughs> fear, fear of failure was still there yeah <laughs> um but yeah I that's what I fun how I sort of functioned at work but then literally in my home life I just wasn't I was just so many fears and um yeah and a lot of it in my own head because I because I am proud I didn't tell a lot of people so you're just dealing with this and luckily you know my mum's really good and she's she's very her and her and my sister they're very um calming they're completely different to me they're very grounded (laughs) they're very grounded um yeah both of them and and so yeah so they were really good help to me but yeah I went to the uh, psychologist and then I just started thinking right I've got to actually make small changes and start you know, literally going for a walk and 
looking at a flower like being grateful yeah and yeah being in the moment because yeah. i was always on to the next thing always on to the next thing boom 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 and there was no in the moment ever yeah yeah even if i did something really good i was like it's not good enough you know i could have won something amazing and i'd still be like oh could have been better you yeah. know it was always something else um yeah and then um we had like pretty much around the same time we had like a a family tragedy and that really made me think okay you're so caught up on all this fear of failure for your business but if you died tomorrow what would be the one thing that you would you would have been like upset that you didn't you didn't do or you know yeah, yeah. um you'd regret and I started thinking all I've done is work and if I did die tomorrow I've spent no time with my family yeah. Yeah. So that so, was your wake up moment. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And um, that was. It's okay. Take your time. If something happened to you tomorrow, if I, you know, hadn't spent enough time with my family, and I really thought I've got to find a better work life balance because there were so many things I'd missed out on with my kids. I mean, they were always there, and I was always mothering them outside of work. Don't get me wrong, but like little things like. Oh, you know, like I would, probably didn't, Yasmin got her first tooth and I didn't see it and my mum seen it first. Stupid little things. But I was always busy at work. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then I just started making me think, I actually have to start getting a better balance. And one of my other really good friends, she said to me, Steph, and she's got a, they've got a very successful family business, and she said, Steph, you've got to get your business to work for you. You can't work for your business. Yeah. And I started thinking, oh, yeah. I mean, it took me quite a while to get it like that. Yeah. But um, it really, it all those little, you know, the little things that people say to you and think, right, I've got, got to somehow figure out to put that into play. So I hired many mentors. Yeah. <laughs> Um, people that could help me and yeah I think they've all taught me different things but um you know first of all I had a financial one um, that sort of helped me but it was a bit boring for me because I'm not really I've never been driven as much as I didn't want to fail I'm not driven by money like I'm driven by creativity and passion and all those sorts of things um then my next one was um a financial and also a life coach and she was great because probably more than financial she actually just gave me so much wisdom on life and just dealing with things and that was definitely like a really big help to me especially at the point in time that I was at um yeah and she really inspired me um a lot like just how to change my business to start it to get to get it working for me, um, strategies to do with team and things like that. And, um, yeah, then my next mentor, um, which I still have now, well, I've only just had her in the last two years, um, Belinda, she is amazing because she's actually a hairdresser. So after my last mentor moved, I didn't have one for quite a while. And then I started because I was, I was quite fine. My business was all sorted. But I started feeling like, you know, you just want something. It's really good to talk to somebody else in the industry to actually um, just, in, just to keep you almost to keep me accountable yeah because I'll yeah. have a million ideas come in my head but sometimes I get so busy doing hair or like work in work that they actually don't come to fruition because yeah. I'm too busy yeah yeah so that sort of was really good um and she's great and I still have her now so 
yeah, so we, I basically sort of started changing the business in the fact that um, I pretty much spent probably after all that, like a good two years really working on myself. Yeah, yeah. Because. And what sort of things did you implement into yeah, your, your daily life? I mean, I've all, the funny thing is throughout all of this, I've always gone to the gym. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even throughout yeah. my chaos, I would still go to the gym. Like I'm addicted to the gym, but that is definitely part of my mental sanity. Like if I don't get up and go to the gym, it's kind of how I start my day. Quite often I'm li- listening to like, I'm either like, angry there <laughs> crying <laughs> like literally when I leave the gym I could walk out angry crying or just like really balanced but that's just depending on what I'm listening to so when, yeah. whatever I need to get out it gets out of me for the day and then I'm okay for the whole day um, but I listen to lots of podcasts um, stuff like that just and really worked on myself because what I actually realized is all of these things that people thought I was so freaking confident, which I am at hair, but I think that my lack of confidence in all those other avenues of my life, I wasn't leading my team. Like yeah. I I was just, I've become friends with them and it, and um, it almost became to the point where, you know, when you, you come too close to them, it's very hard to then, if something happens that I know shouldn't be happening in my business, to I can't up. then address it yeah. because then they'll be like, oh, what? what? Or or not even that, that whole fear that I didn't want them to go elsewhere. I would literally sweep things under the carpet yeah. that I knew shouldn't be happening in my business. And so do you have any, I guess, advice for other business owners who might be hiring people sort of now and they're looking at how are they going to build this relationship built on respect but also get along with their staff members? Yeah, I think, well, what... What I do is I worked on myself so much that I'm really good at, I think that all of my staff, I must, I'm pretty sure they all really love working there. They, they all respect me. And I think I just got that by being like, I, I'm in there. I work with them. I do everything that they do. I'm not afraid if it's, if it's, um, you know, if it's dirty, I don't say like, I'm not cleaning that, you know, I help do anything. So I work with them on the team, but I also, I like to lead them and um, we do a lot of what what's worked for us is we set that boundary in the first place and that's kind of where we kept we've kept it. We sort of put a little guideline out of this what you're expecting. Yeah, yeah. And I think that they, they work by like they you know, if you lead by example, that works really that's well. Yeah. yeah. And um, I think more than anything, of all the things that over the years that I've tried I found that just being there and um, giving them, you know, a little compliment here or there. Um, we also have Sue do like um, meetings with them, so they can tell us if they've got anything going on. We can we can address what we've got going on, and yeah. nothing ever turns into a big deal because it's addressed We've so got that fast. Open communication. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, to be honest, we don't really have a lot of things happen. It might generally be with a new staff member where you've just got to, like, this is the culture, this is what we're about, we don't tolerate that, Yeah. Um. you know. And because in our salon there is none of that negative vibe, if they're those sorts of people, they generally, generally, generally don't last very long yeah. and if they like it, they like it and they're involved in it straight away. And I've yeah. just found that 
that we've got such a good little team at the minute that they all bring that. And and what I also found worked really well for us is we've really put um, people into roles because yeah. it gives them something to look forward to as well. And um, it also sort of builds their passion for their job as well because yeah. they, they've got something to perform for. It's not a most of our meetings aren't about clients, they'd be about other things happening in the salon and um you know who's gonna do this, who's gonna do that. Yeah. And it's it's um usually about team. And I just found that's sort of worked really well for us and we do lots of like um I I found because of my own little burnout face, I wanna build their confidence in their self so they don't have that happen to them, but also so they love their job. Yeah. Um yeah. And can you also sense when any of your staff members are going through a period of burnout? Oh, and you can. Like how do you yeah, Definitely. deal with that? Um, probably last um, Christmas, it, it's always really hectic around Christmas time in hairdressing, um, but we sort of book our bookings how, how we've sort of always booked them. And what we've had to realise is it's had to change. So yeah. um, I was still booking how I'd book, which led me to burnout, (laughs) too many clients. And I would sort of think, well, why can't you do that? Why can't you do that? And and a few of the old school seniors, they could do that. Then we have this new generation of seniors coming through and they can't. They can't do it. They they don't have it in them. They need that little slower pace. But also, um, you know, What's happened too is clients have changed so much. Like I said, clients want an experience now. They're looking on Instagram. They're seeing this hair that's taken seven hours and they're wanting you to do it in their booking time. Yeah. So <laughs> what would happen is you'd have this time booked out and then it they'd come in and you're like, oh, my God, now we're under the pump. It's not enough time. So um, around Christmas last year, one of my girls was quite burnt out and she sort of rang me and I could sense that she wasn't happy. I'm pretty good at like sensing yeah, yeah. if something's going on with someone. So I would, I would um, usually ask what's going on, you know, and, they, and they'll end up talking. Yeah, they'll yeah. end up talking to you about it. And so what we've realised is we literally like have dragged out a lot of the appointments. They're probably getting double the time of what my old team used to get, um, things like that. But it's it's working better for them. Um, we now also have like a long weekend off where they all get um, a Saturday off. So they literally get Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday off. So they have a four-day weekend wow. once a month. Yeah. Most of them only do a four-day week anyway um, because it's a demanding job because you're dealing with people all day and I want them to come in and be at their best Yeah. and not be like mentally drained or – um, feeling like oh, I'm back at work again because it does get like that. I think what I've realised over the time is that um, just because you want to work like that doesn't mean everybody Everyone else does. does. Yeah. yeah, and you can't expect that of them because it's not their business. And I really like – I think that you've said this once to me before that in your industry everyone that comes into the salon – they're enjoying their weekend and you guys are working yeah. every Saturday. So I think it's so nice that you can provide that time for your staff members to spend it with their families and enjoy their, their Saturday also. Yeah, and because what happened is I started having 
every second Saturday off. Yeah. And I was really enjoying that with my family and I thought, you know what, it's really not fair. Not so much for the younger ones that have only just started doing it, but for some of my other seniors like that have been doing it for a long time, I thought it's really unfair that they're not getting a Saturday off ever. Yeah. You know, so I think that um, what I've really realised is, and that, that happened a lot when I worked with um, my um, last coach, is not everybody's driven by money. You know, as long as we've got money to survive and, yeah. you know, you obviously you've got to have everyone on a good wicket because it's expensive to live these days. Yeah. But a lot of people, are they want time and they want quality of time with their family. They want to know that they're um, appreciated. And lots of different ways you can show someone, you know, how much you appreciate them. Before I used to always think, oh, I'll give them more money, I'll give them more money, to the point that it was my business wasn't working. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas so what's now, some other ways that you can show appreciation? Oh, so I'm all for like, you know, I'll give them a little gift or even just saying. Some yeah. people really want Words you to just say, yeah. Yeah. And what would happen if you get so busy, end of day happens and you forget to tell them, oh hey, you did really well um today. Um shampooing mrs jones's hair or whatever it was <laughs> yeah. just those little things it just creates a completely different atmosphere within the salon and um i know that all my sort of senior staff are really good at that as well they all really do, do that a lot with the team as well so if i'm not there i know that they're saying things and um i think we said today that every day is ended with Laughter. La- yeah, it is. Support. Yeah. yeah. And even like on the weekend, we just had Yasmin's wedding. Like all of the girls, they're all there. And yeah. they're not there because they work like for us. They're just part of our family, and you know. And so there was probably another five to, to ten people that were ex-employees as well. So we've really developed this really nice culture where I can still be the leader and lead my team along with some of my other leaders in the team as well, and we can all still socialise and really appreciate each other. So it's, it is really good. Oh, so beautiful. Mm. And, Steph, I'm interested to know, what does success look like to you? Yeah, I liked that question, actually, because what it would have used to mean is, like, literally getting another award, um, being booked out, all these things, which yeah. it doesn't really look like that to me anymore. Like, um, I think success is being able to have enough time to have a successful business, still have, you know, my family um, being like, you know, first and foremost, and also having, I think my team, I say my, like say our, <laughs> our team, um, I know that they actually um, like genuinely love coming to your space yeah yeah they love coming to the salon they love hair and they actually like they one of one of my girls said on the weekend actually she said what I'd never not be working here it's like it's my second home you know and um, I mean I know there'll be people in there that we love that will move on because everybody has their own life but that's normal but if they can be there and they're happy while they're there I just think it really helps the salon you know that the if your staff aren't happy, no one's happy. Yeah, <laughs> and that's definitely. what had happened before. Like I'd got this toxic culture where, you know, the staff were walking all over me. I was allowing it. They weren't being led. They were being mischievous. All these things, yeah. and it just the culture has completely changed now. And while that's happening, you're also 
I like to say that you're on the dance floor, you know, and people might be watching. You just never know. So it's important that your your team is on board and they do buy into the culture that you want to create. Yeah, definitely. Because we've had that before when we had this whole like my meltdown phase and and I, I wasn't really being present. Um, we had that before, you know, like people would come back to me and say, oh, such and such said that, which was absolutely devastating to me because I'm like, this is my heart and soul. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, but what I realised is I wasn't taking control of all of these things. And so um, a lot of things that mum and I used to say, oh, this is happening or that's happening. But I said, in the end, I even almost had to change my mum's mentality because, you know, like old school mentality is a little bit different with business. I was like, but we're allowing it. Yeah. You know, we are allowing this to happen. So we either need to find a plan of attack and, um, yeah, and, and then I think what, what we've done is giving everyone a different role has really helped be able to control the whole salon smoothly. Yeah. And everyone knows who they go to for that or that and, diff, and um, you know, like Sav leads the colour, Angie leads the salon if I'm not there, they can go to mum if they want holiday pay, sick pay, any other, you know, yeah. work issues. So it's very clear. Leading. That's their role, that's their role, yeah. you know. And... Um, you know, if there's a real issue, I'll, I'll have the meeting. But if not, like, I like to lead them in being inspired in hair. Yeah. Yeah. So it all works really well. And I think just having those clear, clear groundings really helped our business completely change. So cool, Steph. Mm. And Steph, do you have any workshops or things coming up that people who are interested in hair or are hairdressers can get involved in? Uh, I have got... I mean, I've got a couple of custom workshops coming up because I sometimes do them at the salon, but I also go to salons and do private education. So that's always available. Um, and we are just about to announce, I think, one more colour workshop for the end of um, the end of the year. Um, and then it will come into Christmas, so there won't be a lot um, happening then. But, yeah, and then I, I think I do have another workshop to be announced, but I've got to confirm that on Monday. So, awesome. But they will be um, up on our Instagram and also on my website once once they're released. Awesome, beautiful. And do you have any podcast or book recommendations that you can share with us? Yeah, I really love um, the Matthew McConaughey. That's how you say his name. Um, and I love his 10 Steps to Happy. Yeah, we'll have to put a link in yeah. the podcast. I don't know if well. it's his voice, could be his voice. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really it's a, it is really nice to listen to. But yeah, lots of I I like a lot of different sort of ones. Some just I like um motivation ones that I'll Google like the hard the, copy. You the, can do yeah, this. Yeah, I love all those. <laughs> That's you at the gym, isn't it? Yeah, that's me. And then sometimes I walk out crying, sometimes I'm laughing, sometimes I'm like, oh, yes, yes. <laughs> you, like, walk through your doors at the cell and bring on the day. It's actually so bad to the point that the mood could be so different that Sean's now stopped coming to the gym with me because he's like, I don't know if I'm getting a personal attack when we go. He's like, did you take a whole heap of testosterone while you were at the gym? I was like, no, it was just my podcast and now you're annoying me. <laughs> He's like, I'm not going to the gym with you anymore. <laughs> so, Steph, what does the rest of 2021 look like for you? Not lo- not long left, actually. I know. <laughs> the year's gone so fast. And, you know, you have so many plans. But COVID really put quite a restriction on things. I mean, I know we haven't had it here. But when you have plans with other people from other states that haven't been able to come to fruition. Um, but, yeah, um, 
we're having some new windows done so I'm really excited for that and um, yeah then we've got a couple of workshops that we've got coming up and then we'll sort of just focus on Christmas and everything like that and then we're basically planning 2022 what we're going to do with our workshop calendar and who's going to start you know this year I took Savannah in um, on the workshops yep. to grow her to grow her like you know education um, and we'll look at who else will join us because we really want to to grow that's one of the big things that I really want to grow I think that there will come a time where I can't be on the sound floor all the time you know yeah. and I think that's a really good avenue for me to be able to actually maybe go, go a little down. bit more yeah. academy things like that and if I can grow that whilst I'm still doing hair is a really you know it's a thing that I'm sort of playing around with and that's why we've brought out the education and just to share I, that's probably my biggest thing is I love sharing with other hairdressers yeah yeah oh i love that and so how can we follow your journey on the socials and find yourself yes at stephanie belez or at um cabello by stephanie belez um instagram or facebook beautiful and have you just changed your logo is that just on the socials? oh uh, no we did we're still keeping our actual logo the same but with our new shop windows we did some new branding yeah, and cool. um yeah we, we're having across the windows um a collection that i did which I am named after my grandma, so that's oh. really cute. We're going to put that out of the windows. And yeah. so, yeah, it's a bit special. That's awesome. So thank you, Steph, for joining us and sharing your tips on managing and creating your ideal team and work environment. So thank you. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Georgia. I hope everyone enjoys the listen. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you. And if you enjoyed today's episode, leader, leave us a five-star <laughs> review and share it on your Instagram story. This is your happy host, Georgia. Have a wonderful day.